0: Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation? But not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app breadbox
1: my name is emma duarte
2: and my name is christian watkins
1: and we are christian teens giving our personal insight with facts and stories
2: welcome to the tbh teens being honest podcast hello everyone welcome to the teens being honest podcast i'm christian watkins here with emma duarte And today's topic, we're going to be going over bullying. Emma has gone through a lot with this subject, and we thought we'd bring light to it, sort of give our perspective on the subject, and how to work through it, what Emma had to go through, and yeah. So, you want to start with your story?
1: Yes, I'm going to start with my story. Hi everyone, (laughs) welcome (laughs) back to the podcast. Uh, Okay, so... Whoever's listening, I'm sure... This is kind of a common thing, it's sad to say. But a lot of people go through bullying. Or they have been a bully themselves. And it's just... I Maybe it's a part of growing up. Maybe it's a part of... You know, life. Yeah, life. <laughs> um, but it, it's sad nonetheless. So, I'll start my story. I was 11. I was in 7th grade. And I went to... Smedberg, oh, which Smedberg. is a middle school in Elk Grove, yeah, and don't recommend, <laughs> <I> don't <laughs> recommend. Um, it it was a one of the big bigger challenges personally that I had to go through because it was terrible. <laughs> I only went there for <laughs> two months, and it was a feat. So I went to the school. Hold on yeah i started with only two months left in the whole seventh grade the whole seventh grade right and i had come from san jose i'd come from out of town i went to a really weird other middle school for the majority of seventh grade there was no tests no grades no oh anything it was all like social structure like you're popular or you're not you're pretty or you're not Mm -hmm. kind of how that middle school went so coming from that I had learned a lot of lessons but it didn't prepare me for what I was going to learn in Smedberg (laughs) (laughs) not at all so I do my makeup all pretty and I am so nervous but I'm also a really outgoing bubbly person I like making friends and i started and i walked in and and right away i saw megan and my mom was kind of like hey this is this is emma she's new and i'm like oh hi my name's my name's emma hi megan and we just clicked and she's such an amazing girlfriend to this day i got enrolled in classes and i did the whole tour of the school and i just remember walking into my math class and everybody's heads turned because they'd never seen my face before and I was just, uh, shoot. This is, this is way out of my comfort zone. Was it scary or? Oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, okay. It was scary. Because not only was I late and people were staring at me, but I, it's almost like I could feel what they were thinking and I wanted to hide in a shell. And that's so not like me. I'm the kind that's busting out of that shell. So anyways, um, first two weeks were amazing first two weeks were uh, this is the hot new popular girl that's what they would call me anyways and i'm like actually my name's emma <laughs> <laughs> i actually have more of an identity than just my looks thank you um and i was being i got so much attention from boys and you know as 11 year old that's you know
2: that's you what want you want
1: that, yeah you know ah shoot i see you know way too much yeah. cut that out so i <laughs> should probably get more serious so the first 2 weeks were great and I got so much attention and all these girlfriends were like, "Hey, like you should come hang out with us and you should eat with me." And, and then after about 2 weeks, everything kind of died down and everything changed, it seemed. So, it didn't go from "Oh, she's
2: popular." You're
1: right. She's she's the new catch. It was
2: this is just Emma.
1: No, they didn't even know my name. Nobody cared oh. anymore.
2: <laughs> this is just. Her. This is
1: just her. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I started to become a target because after two weeks, I realized, oh, this friend group is actually really shallow. Oh, this friend group, she's actually really fake. Or oh, this friend group, she's.
2: Not she's who I want to be
1: Completely with. engulfed in everything boys, and I, I was not. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to date. I didn't want to do that. I did that in my old middle school mm-hmm. and it never worked out good for me. Mm-hmm. The whole dating thing. I don't really call it dating because you just have crushes and yeah. you don't even kiss. You don't even go on dates. You can't. <laughs> you just, you just act all cute with the other person. <laughs> anyways, I decided that wasn't going to be me at the school. It was only two months anyways. There was no point. Mm-hmm. Um, so All of the boys eventually at two weeks, I would have three different guys coming up to me and asking me out. And I'm like At the same time. No periodically throughout the day. One at lunch, one in the morning would be like, Hi Emma (laughs) Like, do you wanna be my girlfriend? And I'm like, fam, what's your name? (laughs) Um, okay. Sure. (laughs) No thanks. And I was always so sweet about it. My mom told me the very first day, she's like, Emma, you have to be the sweetest girl here. You represent me. And my mom, she's an angel. She's a saint. Mm. I'm not going to be a devil representing the most beautiful woman in the world. So I would hold open doors. I mean, I was over and beyond nice to these kids. And there was just nothing in return. And I should have known that. But being little and being so vulnerable and naive, you just want to please everybody. You wanted mm. every. I wanted everyone to like me. Doesn't work that way. Anyways, I realized that these girlfriends were not at all like me. And yeah, on the outside, I look like I could fit in. She's got it. She's, she's got she it. Can, all, she can do right? whatever. Yeah. No, but on the inside, I didn't care about all the materialistic stuff. The conversations that these girls would have are so annoying. Annoying. Regardless, I started to notice rumors popping up after two weeks of, oh, she's a slut or she's mm. a whore and i had never even heard kissed those words a boy i had never even i'd never had my first kiss i had never gone out of my i just have a flirty personality i've been mm. told i just am a loving person and so many of these rumors of like oh she's had sex with him and i'm like
2: um
1: what <laughs> Like, mm. you know and then I tr- started to track it down it was because of this fake account and the girl had the same name as me her name was Emma mm. but I had a different last name we had a different last name I don't know what you guys are on about but I'm not into all that mm-hmm. you know I am my own person and nobody was willing to give me a shot to talk about it I had dreams where I could just go up on this stage in the cafeteria and say look it's not me. It's not who I am. Mm. I am a good person, and if you only gave me the chance, I could be the best friend you could ever have. I just have that loyalty in me. Mm. Not to toot my own horn and to brag or anything, but these people just thought so little of me right off the bat, mm. they never gave me a shot. So, with that being said, it only continued to get worse and worse and worse, and the more I tried to fix it, the more fire just got added to it, even though I was pouring water. It was like i was pouring water on an oil fire <laughs> and i was just trying so hard to be this sweet girl and i never told my mom because i wanted her to to just think she had so much other stuff on her plate mm-hmm. I want to add on to that burden so i didn't tell her until until i started getting death threats mm. and like you need to kill yourself type of stuff that started happening because of this one boy who at the time we used kick all the time. And that was before Snapchat or whatever. And that was a cool thing to do. So he he was obsessed with me. And I was like, I'll be your friend. Let's be friends. I would really like to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds so, oh, she's friend zoning you. But no, honestly, wanted I friends. was 11 years old. I wanted friends, <laughs> okay? I was not ready or interested yeah the attention was nice the flirting was cute the crushes gave me butterflies but i never wanted the type of lust that they were all after at mm. that age i never wanted it and so after about like the sixth time that i redacted this guy um he was like why don't you just go kill yourself or you should go kill yourself nobody wants you here it was every day this guy was relentless mm. and i'd block him and he'd make a new account And he would say, go kill yourself. Nobody wants you here. Don't go to school. I was only at the school for two months, guys. Two months. I was an A-plus student. And then I went to a D in a matter of three weeks. And then for the next, for the last two weeks of that two-month adventure, I didn't even go to school. I told mom I'm not doing it. I can't go back.
2: Did you tell her at that point?
1: At that point, when I started getting the death, the kill yourself stuff, I got scared. I got scared because nobody had ever told me to do that before, and I couldn't understand why they didn't want me there. I was so nice. I felt like I was just like this, sometimes a fake version of over-niceness to these people. And I remember sitting at the cafeteria with my girlfriend Megan, the first girl that I met, and these group of girls come up to me, and they start calling me names. They're like, are you on social media? Whoa. I'm like, I don't even have an Instagram account, guys. Mm-hmm. Who are you talking about? They're like, you're Emma, right? Emma Duarte. Do you know me? Do you know my name? Because I don't know you guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to shout out their names. They were going through some stuff I learned later. And I completely and utterly forgive everyone. everyone. Um, I remember trying to explain to them, like, look, this isn't me. I don't even, I'm not even interested in guys. And then the rumors of, of she's had sex with them or she's she's a complete whore or she's ugly or she's every little thing that you could think of to call somebody they called me for no reason no reason i didn't do anything it was this other girl that had the same first name as me that was causing these problems between them now with that being said it started to get physical not just the cyberbullying stuff yeah it followed me home but at a certain point i turned off i had an ipod at the time guys like i didn't even have i had an ipod i didn't have an iphone i was so little and i was so full of life and hell i still am but it's it's so different when you're mistreated for the first time and there's nobody that has your back and you have no friends and you're completely alone did you have megan i had megan i loved her and she she had my back, but we were in completely different classes. We didn't have a single class with each other. I was alone most of the day, except when I would walk her to her bus stop every time. I would sit alone at lunch, and I would have my own pre-made lunches. They were all healthy food, because I didn't like the cafeteria stuff. And I would read a book, and I'd get all dressed up, guys. Like, I am, I might not look like it right now, <laughs> but I am the kind of girl that when I go to school, I like to look professional or put together. And, like,
2: this is me, This is there. me, Emma. This is me, Emma. Mm-hmm
1: you I'm dressing for the job I'm gonna have. I had that mindset at 12 years old. Just go for it. There was this boy, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but for the longest time I wanted to reconnect. And he, he sat with me, introduced himself like a complete gentleman. Hey, do you because these boys he overheard them talking bad about me, and that I was all of these things, and so he just came up to me and he was like, hey. Can I sit with you? Mm. And that's kind of how that, that friendship began. And it was just talking. It was just simple, innocent talking for, for a month before he ended up having a crush on me. And at that point, I was like, but I'm moving schools. I'm not going to stay here. This is too much for me. So this really nice guy, he was completely friendly, and he actually saw me. It was so refreshing and so sweet when somebody, opposite sex or not, sees you. I feel like so many people are blind on the day-to-day or so many people are superficial and want to fill their lives with meaningless stuff that they're blind and this boy actually saw me not for what those other guys were saying about me because I had rejected their friend and they were all pissed off at me I'm not saying this to make myself seem like yeah (laughs) because I wasn't but they were infatuated
2: you're the new girl yeah new
1: girl and I'm not gonna lie I like the attention but regardless he would walk with me every single lunch so I wouldn't be alone we would talk about everything I was there when his grandma passed away I was there talking to him and there was this other boy who while me and him were walking came up to me and said you know everybody thinks you're a slut right (laughs) why what and I remember just looking at him with a dust stare, and I said, you know, that was really rude, or something like that. Mm. No, that was really mean. Or I said back to this boy, that was really hurtful. Like, I called him out. And then later on, this boy went up to him and was like, you don't talk to her like that, or whatever. And then the next day, this, this boy came up to me, and he apologized. And that was the time when I realized, you know... I got to start standing up for myself because I was the girl that would run crying her eyes out to the guidance counselor. And the guidance counselor was my best friend at that school. I didn't have anybody who I felt like could protect me. Then I realized, oh, I got to start protecting myself. This is kind of where it started to go down, though, because I went up to this girl who was the main chick he thought she was so bad she had fake nails on and the tummy all out and the tight jeans everything was ripped and she looked so cool yeah uh-uh. not, not saying anything <laughs> whatever so anyways i go up to her and i'm like why are you so mean to me Can't, we could be friends why are you hating on me why are you you don't know me and she basically said get for me and i'm like what the heck why and i I remember i walked home that day crying and then people would follow me home it was just such a it was i didn't do anything to lead people to that to that era except simply just be and since i wasn't involved in a clique and i wasn't involved in i in a popular group i was a target all the popular girls were like well she doesn't like us so we don't like her it wasn't that so one day when class had all gotten out and everybody's rushing out, this boy puts his hat on my head and I'm like, who are you? Mm. And then he rips out my hair and like takes his hat back and like pushes me to the floor. And I'm getting pushed around by all these people. And he says, well, I can't say it because it's a bad word. But what they would say to me is so hurtful. And it's like, you know, everybody thinks blah, blah, blah of you. Uh. I'm like, I haven't done anything, man. I don't think you guys understand. It was so hurtful. And I would walk home alone crying. And I'm sure every person driving was like, she's had a bad day. (laughs) But after that happened, I would hide in the bathroom until everybody left school campus so that I would feel safe enough to walk across the campus myself. It was to the point where I felt like nobody would look out for me if I wasn't looking out for myself so i had to change direction of when i left to school how i left what route i would take because i never felt safe enough and it got to the point where i went to the the office of the staff and i complained and i told them and i got my mom involved this was after the that you should go kill yourself stuff when they were threatening that i should kill myself i would go to the staff i'd complain And their first initial reaction is, oh, this is said off of school campus after school hours. We can't do anything about it. This is your student. I'm your student. How was there no protection against this? So that's when we got the police involved. And my mom straight up was like, you guys are not going to help my 11-year-old daughter who's being told to kill herself for not wanting to be involved with this guy. Are you serious? So she calls the police. The police officer comes to my house. He gives a statement, and then he goes to the other boy's house and gets him in trouble with his parents. This this jump starts all of his friends on me because now they feel like, oh, I got their boy in trouble. So needless to say, the police report didn't really happen, didn't really help. All it did was it got the boy suspended for a week, but I still had to go back to school for another month. Eesh. And at that point, I was like, this isn't worth it. I'm feeling completely broken, and I'm not, I can't go back. Like, I can't go back to school. Yeah. All my grades have slipped. I have no friends that I can see throughout the day. It would be too hard. I have no light during my days. I don't think people understand when you are in a situation like school that you are obligated to be there by law. You can't get out of it. If that school has turned into a living hell in which people can make life a hell, you can't escape. And if I didn't have a mother who was so supportive and who was so willing to believe me and screenshots that I printed out that I could show to police, this is not okay. If I wasn't smart enough to really understand how I could stand up for myself, people die from this thing. People actually kill themselves. People actually do what that kid told me to do. And people don't understand that that is Satan. Throughout a collection of people influencing a collection of naive minds. I'm 11 years old at this point. You know, now I'm 17. But it still happens today. There's a collection and a stack upon stack of pure evil that people are so blind to. And when I said that that boy actually saw me, he was that light that I could talk to, that I could listen to, that wasn't a going to sexualize an 11-year-old, even though he was 12 himself, you know? Mm -hmm. That was good. Goodness. And what is goodness? God. So, with all that being said, I left that school, and for that whole summer, I didn't come out of my room. I didn't care about my family. I didn't have any friends. I was just in a dark room watching Netflix day in and day out. Just, there was nothing. I started a new school, come eighth grade, and I am completely opposite of how I was. I didn't talk, I didn't smile, I didn't try to make any friends, I wasn't nice, and within a week, all that changed, and I became who I was again, because it was a safe environment. So that is so important, is that bullying takes away your entire safety. It takes away how vulnerable you can be, and you need to be vulnerable in a classroom. Otherwise, you can't learn. You're never going to want to raise your hand. You're never going to want to participate. You're never going to want to do anything, and with people that are set in an unsafe environment like their school or like their home, they'll never understand that the place that they're supposed to have friends and have experiences and and make cool adventures and memories will never be that place for them because they were bullied. You took that away from them as a bullier. That is an evil that you really can't get back. Unless you realized it, you apologized for it, and you changed for the better. And I can't possibly understand why this still goes on except for the sheer fact that the devil is influencing people. I don't want to scare anybody or say this whole... Oh, I'm such a Jesus freak. This is what's happening. It's real. And if people could only realize it, they would know right and what wrong. And they could save somebody. They could see someone who was hurting like I did when I was 11. That is what God did. God turned this terrible situation of, oh, I'm being brutally bro- bullied to the point where I had to get a police officer to try and protect me to finding a best friend, finding a new school, finding a family, finding a safe environment that I have been at to this day. I'm a senior now. It's a middle school through high school thing. And I have the best people by my side and the best staff that have cherished me and that have seen me grow. He turned that terrible situation and if it didn't happen, I wouldn't be where I am today with the amazing people that I have today. Sometimes... You have to go through really bad situations, really bad situations, really hopeless situations, to find the light. That's what's most important. That's what everybody is striving for, is to find that light. They try to find it in boys. They try to find it in drugs. They try to find it in whatever gives them that high, that light, for a little bit. It's meaningless. It doesn't last it leaves you more empty at the end of the day. So if you're trying and you're trying and you're trying to fill yourself up with something that is going to reward you later on, you'll be the most, the brightest person and you'll infect so many other people's lives just by being sunshine, mm-hmm. by smiling, just by being a friend to people. That, that is what needs to be more incorporated in schools, in life, in everywhere it's so freeing when you don't conform to what if i had started that school and said okay i'm I'm just gonna fit in i'm just gonna i'd lose who i was and i knew who i was and at eighth grade i put on this purity ring and at senior year i'm still wearing it because i know my worth i know who i am and as a 12 year old i did at that time too not because society told me but because my father in heaven, knew it, and subconsciously, I was like, "This is how I should never be treated like this again. I should never be sexualized and demoralized, and bullied. Because of how my morals were, mm-hmm. I didn't fit in because I didn't care to be, like all the other girls.
2: And you didn't care to fit in. I didn't care because you didn't feel good. If you, if you, it's, it it's, it's sort of a empty. double, it was a double." Um, terrible situation because exactly. you could fit in you could have friends but then there are these friends that don't fill you up they don't same situation with me right. I didn't get bullied I chose to fit in because right. I don't have that the moral structure <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> but, hard um, but, but it's I, more rewarding yeah so you choose these friends and they let you down and so it's it's really hard and mm-hmm. it, it's a it, I mean I, I I'm I'm so glad that you were able to hold your moral standards throughout all this time you didn't fight back physically that's that's hard and that's that's extremely difficult oh i can't gosh. even imagine what well, that's
1: yeah. that's like
2: and it's going crazy. through that and, and not not succumbing to what these people were telling you to do yeah. what they were calling you kind of uh, just
1: you you have to turn the other cheek mm-hmm. and just keep going keep moving but there's a point where you get so tired and you're like, I, you want to give up until there's, there's a light Yeah. that eventually comes over you. But.
2: So I wanted to ask a few questions mm-hmm. to wrap the podcast up. What do you think that those friends or n- not friends, those bullies <laughs> <laughs> whoops, uh, were going through that made them treat you that way, made them say these terrible things, do these horrible things right. to just an innocent person?
1: Well, one of the things that I ended up finding out was one of the main girls who led this whole pack of wolves, her dad was being incarcerated for a really long time. And as somebody, if you've you've heard the importance of family who's gone through an abandonment of, of two fathers that were supposed to be there for you, I'm sure that must have been such a hard time, especially at that age. But you don't take it out on people. It's never an excuse. It's a reason why you're so upset and why you hate your life. I understand that. There's so many hard things. I could go on and on about how my life has been so hard and this is what I had to live through. You don't treat people like that. So, yeah, she was going through that and I learned that later on. And I tried to be a friend to her and she spit in my face. And she pushed me to the ground. You Mm -hmm. don't treat people like that. Ever. Mm -hmm. It's never an excuse. And so... What she was missing was this light in her life. And as much as I tried to be that for other people, I couldn't be that for her. And she hated it.
2: Maybe she didn't want the light.
1: Satan didn't want the light. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want I mean. God. He mm-hmm. doesn't want brightness. He doesn't want laughter and happiness. And he influences us daily. All of us. We're human. But if you let him too much, you can end up hurting innocent people. And that's where you get all of these problems.
2: Mm-hmm. So for you, what do you think your light was? You say... Uh, God. Oh, just... <laughs> yeah. Just straight up. Mm-hmm.
1: Straight up God. If my mom didn't raise me in my Catholic faith, I would be completely lost or dead today. Simple as that. I don't know how people live to my age without him. They don't. They just go through their lives. They go through the motions and they fill it with empty, meaningless stuff because God is meaningful. And I really, I don't want to push God through people's throats, but if they only knew, like if they only knew how they could transform yourself mm-hmm. into the brightest, happiest, most amazing version of yourself, if they only knew that, they would. They would change. They would change for the better in an instant.
2: And if they saw what that influence It'd was. It change the world. If they saw what that other influence was. Oh, that that thing that oh, I, I might be happy for a little bit, or this m- will make me happy for a long time, and it ends up not. they saw how yeah, disgusting that actually looks. Shane's looked. real, man. Yeah, but he <laughs> looks amazing. Oh yeah, he looks like oh, this looks this He's looks great. A master
1: manipulator.
2: I- I'm gonna have doing f- fun. Me. I'm gonna I'm gonna be happy doing this, and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Teenagers, I, I mean, I couldn't do it on my own. No teenager could do it on their own. Nobody can do anything no on their own. No person We're it human on their
1: beings. Own. We're way too weak. But we need God.
2: Talk about going through bullying and and also what you had to go through with your family, and you still come out as, as this you know, vibrant, happy, <laughs> fun person. That that's you know, that's, that's just that's a, that's a testament to how good God is and. Just how strong you also are as a person, and and that's that's really, I, I think that's beautiful.
1: I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the cat's pajamas though. I'm not. What, cat, how do you say it? What's cat's the word? Meow.
2: Cats I'm not pajamas. all that in a bag of chips, mm-hmm. but
1: but yeah. Thank you.
2: And, and not to gloat or or <laughs> make anyone seem better than anyone no, else. No, of course not. That's not you can't do that. We're not the a judge of we're not supposed to be the judge of anyone.
1: I'm in no position to judge, man. They only knew.
2: Yeah, so we we got to realize that you can't uh, put down people and you can't always raise yourself up either. As if I'm a perfect person and these people down here, they're like, eh. Right. They're just down there and maybe they can be good one no, day. No, that's also That's evil also too. terrible. Yeah.
1: That's that's not at all what People should, that's arrogance and it gives you such a big head and I, I'm just going to be real because this is a, to be honest, podcast. I have such a big ego. I am so like, but I try to do it in a joking way of like, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a vain thing and it needs to stop because yeah. it's not acceptable. And it's hard. It's hard. We're not that's, perfect.
2: That's the bottom line. But we don't treat hard.
1: people how i was treated we don't treat people how we treat people how we want to be treated and whether we we realize it or not we want to be treated with love and care and i i have seen some truly evil things in people that i'm like wow that is actually satan looking back at me through (laughs) i i was at the march for life this might be a little bit off topic but i think it's important so at the march for life and I'm walking next to priests, like, all surrounding me. I, you couldn't believe how powerful, not in that way, but how peacefully just... Just calm. What's the, calm, yeah. And this man was screaming on the sidelines and cussing and just, like, completely, like, spit was flying everywhere. Just anger and just, he was so much bigger. And I was like, man, if I got close to that guy, he would just <laughs> be out. Mm-hmm. But I looked at him, really looked at him. And the priest right next to me, he just started saying another Hail Mary. Mm. And he was looking at him too, and he just said Hail and Mary. And I, was, and I it almost brought tears to my eyes because I feel like I was in the middle of this war that I could see for the first time. People don't understand, but spiritual war is actually really real. And this evil and this anger and this on the sidelines was, it couldn't touch us, you know?
2: And, uh... and that's life. So, wrapping this podcast. Up, yeah, let's wrap it up. What's the <laughs> what, What's the the last thing you wanted to say to people going through bullying or bullying others? And sometimes it's hard to know if you're bullying someone. Yeah. Because you, you can get like, oh, it's just yeah. a little mean humor here and there. Oh, I made fun of them no. once or twice, but you don't know how that affects. No, a I
1: I realized it at sixth grade that that was what I was doing to this one girl, and so I left that popular girl group and I mm. just became friends with her. They were pretty mean when I left that group, but mm. I was like, no, you guys are being Terrible. evil. Yeah. So to wrap it up, <laughs> because this can go on for hours, um, if you face towards the sunlight, if you always are towards the light, all the shadows will fall behind you. If you just keep on chasing that truth and that light. And what I mean by that is God. Because there's a lot of many lights in this world that are fake and false. And that won't lead you anywhere good. If you face yourself towards that, you'll be okay.
2: So you want to wrap us up with a prayer?
1: Yeah, let's wrap us up with a prayer. Let's do it. Okay. Everyone bow their heads, whoever's listening. And open your palms or close close your eyes. Hi, God. <laughs> um. It's Emma and Christian. And I just want to say thank you for all of the good that you put in this life. And for everybody who's listening, I really want to pray for them, every single person who hears my voice. Please call them to your light and bring peace, a blanket of peace around them. Help them to find a connection to you, to be close to you, to know that your mercy and your forgiveness is endless. Please help them. To know that if they are messing up and if they're being a certain way that is not your way. Help them to realize that. To become a light and to become good because this life is too short to waste on anger. On resentment or on anything bad. Lord, help them to be a light for you. And if they are a victim of bullying or was and they have healed or they haven't, please heal their wounds or inspire them and help them to want to heal other people who are going through the same thing. God, please put your hand over them. Hold them and make sure that their light is as bright as it can be until the end of time. Yeah. Amen.
2: In Holy Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, it's been a it's been a wild ride. Mm-hmm. And uh, we love you all and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
0: Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Have you ever been put on the spot and asked to explain or defend Catholic teaching on sensitive topics such as abortion, same-sex marriage, or the Eucharist? What to Say and How to Say It is a straightforward and practical resource by Brandon Vogt, best-selling and award-winning author of Why I Am Catholic and You Should Be Too. He offers essential tools for articulating even the most contentious aspects of your Catholic faith with clarity and confidence. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code TALKFAITH to get 25% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small-batch artisan coffee using top-tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic-themed coffees, available at www.grimbeancoffee.com forward slash Media. Experience coffee like never before.